welcome to the last episode of this mini-series, Pivoting in Your STEM Career. Remember, STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. My name is Helen, and I'm the Outreach Coordinator here at WISIS, and I use she, her pronouns. I want to start us off in a good way by acknowledging the land we are hosting this episode from. The University of Alberta is situated on Treaty 6 land in Amitsquitsi, Wiskaigan, also known as Edmonton. This is the very land that was taken from Indigenous communities to benefit colonizers and now settlers. So in a small but intentional way, I want to acknowledge the displacement of Indigenous communities from this land, especially the tragic loss of thousands of children in residential schools. I want this to motivate us to do better, to truly honour those that have cared for this land and those that have undoubtedly allowed us to thrive. I encourage everyone to familiarize yourselves with the 94 calls to action laid out in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and to find ways in which you can commit to bringing forth those actions. So to the Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Ojibwe, Soto, Anishinaabe, and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community, we give thanks for this opportunity to do better. This mini-series was born from the idea that when you're in high school, you constantly get asked by friends, family, family friends, and teachers about what it is that you want to do when you graduate from high school. The truth is, in high school, the realm of possibilities feel daunting, and so many students feel like if they don't choose the right career pathway, that they're doomed forever. That just simply isn't the case. In this mini-series, we wanted to highlight that more often than not, people choose to pivot in their careers, and that it's totally okay to do that. In the previous two episodes in this mini-series, we spoke to Brittany Conradi, who pivoted between academia and industry, and as a result of some life circumstances, decided to pursue a career in environmental consulting. We also spoke to Dr. Cassandra Donatelli, who began her journey in architectural engineering, but found a way to incorporate her love of fish biology and her background in engineering into a career in fish biomechanics. Today, we're joined by Heidi Causey, who is a PhD candidate at the University of Alberta in the Faculty of Engineering in Geoenvironmental Engineering. But her journey didn't begin in the STEM field. It actually began in the arts. Heidi has been a dedicated volunteer of WISIS, and you may have seen her in a few of our mentoring panels before, but without further ado, welcome, Heidi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, be part of this podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. So maybe let's just start off with introducing yourself. Talk a little bit about your background, your journey in pursuing STEM, and maybe talk about, you know, what brought you to the University of Alberta. Well, right now I'm doing my PhD in geo-environmental engineering, like you said, so I'm three years into that. But I started off in arts at the U of A. So I grew up in Innisfil, which is a small town about two hours south of Edmonton. And then from there, I went to the U of A for university. And I didn't actually want to go to university right out of high school, but my mom kind of made me. So I went into arts because I thought it would be really interesting. You can take a lot of different courses in arts. So I started out there, but about, well, I guess towards the end of the semester or my second semester in arts, my favorite classes were my calculus classes. I loved them. I did really well in them and I was really excited to write even like the midterms and the finals, which is odd, but I really liked those classes. And so I kind of thought maybe I should switch into, you know, math or sciences because it plays one of my strong suits. So I was thinking about it, but I was kind of intrigued by engineering, but I didn't know much about it. I had met one engineer before 
but the way he talked about his career, it didn't sound exciting to me. So I don't know, I was excited or like sort of intrigued by engineering, but it was very nerve wracking to even think about switching. So I kind of did it on a whim. I decided that I was going to switch into engineering, take this big leap, and I was really, really nervous about it. I also hadn't taken physics in high school, so I had to do that over the summer. So it was a bit of a commitment, but then I got into engineering. I did my bachelor's in environmental engineering or civil environmental engineering, and I did the co-op program with that, which was really good because then I got to learn about different types of environmental engineering, the different fields you can go into. And then I worked for about a year in remediation of contaminated sites. And then I came back to grad school, I did my master's in environmental engineering, and then I decided I would continue on, and here I am at least partway through my engineer or my PhD, so yeah, hopefully we done yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, and Heidi is joining us today, just days, well, yeah, days before having to advance in her candidacy in the PhD program, which is a huge step, and if you ever pursue a PhD, there's a point in time at the middle of your PhD degree where you have to basically tell your committee why you deserve to continue on in the program, and it's, it's a huge, huge milestone, so we wish you the best of luck, but I think I, wa- I want to point out that Heidi, you did a calculus course and you decided, well, I was excited to take the midterm and the final exam. Not a lot of people actually enjoy calculus for one and less so even just completing the exams for it. And so that seemed like a pretty clear indication that, hey, wait, maybe you're in the wrong field or maybe you can excel better in another field, which was engineering at that time. And so that is very interesting. And I think a clear flag for you to to pursue other things. I think you also brought up a really good point was the only engineer that you had met talked about his career in a way that didn't seem exciting. Mm -hmm. And so part of what we do here at Wises, and I think you've been really a big part of, is actually showing that this career can be fun and this career can be something that you can succeed and thrive in. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I think it's very important that students get a chance to be exposed to different people thriving in these kinds of fields. Now that you're in a PhD in geoenvironmental engineering, what exactly do you do in that? What does that entail? Well, at this very moment, it involves a lot of studying for my upcoming exam. But normally, you have to take classes initially, so I did those. And now I just do lab work for the most part and then some reading and writing, of course. But yeah, for the most part, I am in the lab every day, which I really love running experiments and measurements. And yeah, it's really great being in the lab and kind of getting on that hands-on experience, especially in undergrad. A lot of the time you're studying and doing questions at your desk, but you don't get to, you know, do that hands-on stuff. So it's really fun being in the lab all the time. There's like real application to the things Mm -hmm. that you're doing right now. So yeah. in geo-environmental engineering specifically, what are you studying for that? Yeah, so I'm looking at oil sands waste, it's known as tailings, and so they have a bunch of it up north and they have to sort of integrate it back into the land at some point before they can close these mines. And so I'm looking at one of the strategies they're planning on using and just making sure that it's sort of sustainable and environmentally friendly in the long term. So my lab experiments sort of accelerate different aging processes just to evaluate what will happen. Oh, that's very cool. And so important, especially in the landscape here in Alberta, where tailings ponds tends to be quite prevalent around. Yeah, it's a bit of a hot topic. So (laughs) yeah. So I want to go back to your pivot, because I think what was very 
influential was that calculus class, but then you said you had to take a physics class or your physics courses in the summer Mm -hmm. to make sure that you could apply into the undergraduate for your engineering degree. You know, what kind of supports did you require? Like what, did you have a mentor that helped you kind of pivot through this? Did you have very supportive family and friends? What was it that allowed you to make this, or I guess, take this risk? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess in high school, I was always, I was a strong student in general, but I was really strong in math and chemistry as well. And so when I did arts, I guess naturally, I was just good at the calculus classes and I really liked them. And so when I decided that I wanted to switch, like I said, I was really nervous, but I was kind of just telling my friends and family and they were like, yeah, like that makes sense that you would switch uh, into something that's more math based. I wouldn't say I had necessarily a mentor. Like I said, I talked to one engineer beforehand, but that almost turned me off of engineering. So, but I did have supportive friends and family who knew my strengths and said, yeah, you know, I think it's a good fit for you. And I wish I had known about why is this and done, you know, connected with other people as well. But I didn't, I didn't do that at the time, but it all worked out for me. I had really supportive friends and family. So yeah. 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 That is very important to have people around you say, yeah, you know, that does make sense. That's like really good affirmation. You decided from high school, you wanted to pursue arts. And was there a particular reason why you didn't realize maybe your love of science and your love of math in high school that would have motivated you to apply to a STEM degree for your undergrad? When I was in high school, even though I was really good at math and sciences, I I never pictured myself in engineering Maybe it was just kind of growing up in a small town. I didn't really have a lot of role models in STEM. So I never, never once thought about being an engineer or anything like that. I just thought I'll just go to university, maybe business or something. I wasn't really sure. And yeah, then when I got into university, I kind of met all these other people. And I realized, you know, there were people doing so many different things that I hadn't even considered. And that really like broadened my horizons. But maybe it was just growing up in rural Alberta and I didn't really reach out. I didn't, I wasn't involved in WISIS or anything like that. So I didn't really consider all the possibilities that I could do until I was, I had moved and I uh, surrounded myself with different people. And then um, it was very eye-opening for me. Yeah. And for students who maybe are in the same position as you were in high school, you know, what are some pieces of advice you'd want to give them to motivate them to explore maybe STEM opportunities? Yeah, I would say reach out to, you know, organizations like Wisest or things like that, where you can really get to know a bunch of different career opportunities. You know, there's not just engineering, there's obviously medicine and so many different things that you can pursue in STEM or outside of STEM too, but just making sure that you reach out to people and looking things up, even I'm sure you can watch videos about what engineers do that are exciting. So just really informing yourself about what your options are. And then of course it helps to meet people and network and just get other people's experiences too. For me, I didn't really do any of that. So I'm lucky that I ended up where I am, but um, I definitely could have done some more work when I was in high school to figure out what I really wanted to do. But my year in arts, I don't regret it because it was a really great year and I met a lot of great people, but certainly just extended my university experience one extra year. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, it's what you do in with the situation that you have right now is that uh, Heidi, you have been so involved in giving back to your community and sharing your story and being such an advocate 
for pursuing STEM and that women can really succeed. And you have been such a role model in that. So I think I, I want to commend you because you've, you've taken this as an opportunity to say, hey, I can make a difference for generations to come for people who want to pursue STEM. So that's really great. When you did make your pivot in your first year of university, did you have any fears that kind of maybe held you back a little or fears that, yeah, that you can still think of today that you're like, oh, I had to, I had to really deal with that before I could move forward with taking this risk. Uh, Yeah, I was, I was terrified to go into engineering. I really didn't think that I could do it. And there's been a couple moments in my life where I'm really, really scared of something, but when I end up doing it, I am so thankful and it's such a turning point. And so I was, I was terrified that I, uh, going into engineering, like I said, I met one engineer, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And it just seemed so intimidating. You know, you hear about people talking about engineering undergrad and it's so much work and everyone's so smart and all these different things. So I was really scared, but I kind of just did it anyways, because, you know, I'd already applied and there was, I just kind of thought I'll stick with it and see how it goes. And even the first couple months in engineering, I was so scared. And I really doubted myself for a while. And then it took it took a little bit. And then I realized, oh, hey, I can do this. So it was really just me getting in my own head and kind of being scared of the unknown, I suppose. But I kind of just did it anyways. And it really worked out. But it was definitely scary at the time. Mm-hmm. It sounded like you had a sense of grit and resilience within yourself to say, hey, I can push through this. Maybe I have a bit of imposter syndrome right now, but hey, I'm good at math and I'm good at these courses. Maybe I should stick it through and see what I can actually do. So I really love that attitude that you brought into your pivot. And I think that's very important in making sure that you are successful when you take risks like that. So thanks for sharing that. Now that you are on the other side, you're halfway into your PhD. You've clearly done a lot of engineering. You've got that experience under your belt looking back on that time you know in first year undergrad when you're in arts making the decision to pivot into an engineering degree do you wish you had done anything differently prior to the pivot or even after the pivot well like I said I don't regret my year in arts it was really great I met a lot of like close friends that I'm still friends with but I suppose if I were to do it all over again I would save myself a little bit of time maybe in high school look more into what I want to do and reach out to other people and then probably hopefully go straight into engineering but uh, it all worked out for me anyways and I know a lot of people do make those pivots in their career path and they don't necessarily regret where they were initially they just are happy where they ended up so yeah I'm I'm happy with the way things worked out for me it worked out really well but I could have saved myself a little bit of time but that's okay for sure and I have to say your first year of undergrad a lot of it is not necessarily the coursework itself, but really getting oriented with campus, how to actually, you know, pursue your studies on campus and and balance your schedule and everything. So if anything, you bought yourself a year of starting out those processes and actually figuring out how do I study best? How do I navigate on campus? That sort of thing. So I love, I love that attitude. So do you feel like there are any specific challenges you faced as a woman transitioning into your engineering career? And if so, are there ways in which you found were helpful in overcoming them? I wouldn't say that the transition was necessarily impacted. I guess sort of sometimes being in STEM, especially like engineering or the physical sciences, There's not as many women as there are men still, so sometimes that can be a bit challenging, but transitioning from arts to engineering, 
it was more me being in my own head and not having those role models and mentors that might have held me back. But again, there are definitely ways to sort of overcome that reaching out to other people and just, you know, getting exposure to different careers and different types of people that can really help and sort of broaden your horizons. And so I really wish I had done that when I was in high school still, but at least I did it at some point. So (laughs) it all worked out. And how did you find community as you have moved into that engineering degree? Were you active in seeking those communities out or did you join clubs or how did you find your people? That's a good question too. I didn't join clubs, which I wish I did, but I met a lot of great people in my classes, especially, so the first year of engineering is really general. So you're in classes with so many different people, but because I transferred in, there was a few of us, some other students from science had transferred in. So we all kind of had classes together. So that was really nice because that there was a group of five of us who got really close. And then when I transferred our, when I went into environmental engineering, again, I met another uh, great group of people. So that kind of helped. And I wouldn't say I lucked out because there's lots of good people in all the engineering classes, but yeah, it was really nice to kind of get that community in my first year. And then again, in my second year. I love that. Yeah. You just found the right people as friends and and they helped you propel you in your career. So I love that. So this brings me to my last question. You know, what advice would you give to our high school students or our undergraduate students contemplating potentially pivoting or, or making big decisions in their future about what to pursue? You know, what what advice would you give them? I guess there's two pieces of advice. The first one would be if you're excited about something, just go for it and, you know, don't be afraid to make a mistake. You probably, like, there's a good chance that you won't regret it. And even if it's not what you wanted, you know, you've learned something. So that's good. And the second piece I would say is you don't have to have it all figured out. I certainly didn't, but I'm not the only one. Many of my friends have, you know, made pivots and done different things and they are all really happy with where they are. And it's a journey, right? So you don't have to have it figured out on day one of undergrad. I have maybe one friend who has actually done what she thought she would do in grade 12, and that's pretty rare. So, you know, it's okay to figure it out as you're going, and it's really hard to make all those decisions up front because you don't have that experience or, you know, all the information that you might need to make that decision. So it's okay to change your mind once you learn more and you experience more. So try not to stress out too much if you don't have everything figured out. And even if you do, there's a good chance that might change and just be open to that because your career is a journey. You're not going to have it all figured out on day one. And that's good because it's good to have surprises along the way and different experiences. So just try to relax and enjoy it as much as possible. I love that, especially at the end when you said to relax and enjoy it. I think things go by in such a flash that oftentimes we don't take that extra time to say, hey, look where I've come. You know, these are some pretty fantastic experiences that I'm going through. You don't have to feel like the decision you make in high school going into undergrad is the decision that you have to live with forever. You can make decisions to change that course. Thank you so much, Heidi, for sharing your words of wisdom and for sharing kind of that experience of jumping into something that felt foreign to you, jumping into something that felt like a risk. But now on the other side, being like, ah, you are, you're thriving in what you're doing. You're succeeding in what you're doing. And that is such a good encouragement to all of our listeners to say, hey, you can take that risk too. So thank you. And good luck with your candidacy exam coming up. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So I hope that through this episode and the mini series as a whole, you've been able to take away valuable pieces of advice. And to know that sometimes your path doesn't look as linear as you plan it out to be. And that's okay. 
there's still plenty of room for you to explore and to succeed. We'd love it if you could share this episode with one other person to help us expand our reach. Make sure to stay in the know about the Wisest STEM podcast by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to stay updated on programs that Wisest offers, consider subscribing to our monthly e-newsletter or following us on social media. You can find all that information in the description. And that's it for now. See you next time.